0: Happy New, Happy New Year! What a special time it is to be together to all those that are in the room and to the countless that are on, joining us online. We are glad that you're here to kick this year off. And this is a very special year, I believe, in the life of this church. And so, as I thought about what I wanted to talk about today and how we wanted to begin our year together, I think we're beginning a very pivotal year in the life of this church And so, I was drawn towards some things that I simply want to say pastorally, um, that I want to say both as an encouragement to you and as a challenge to all of us, Um, just from my heart and what I think God is leading this and uh, what He's doing in our midst this year, which I think is going to be, once again, a very pivotal year for us. And so, I'm glad that you're a part of this. If you're here visiting... And maybe this is your very first time with us, your very first time to join us on, on a live stream. You're kind of wondering, what's this church about? Today's a great day. You're going to get to hear and learn some of the things that God's already been doing in some places that I think we're, we're going and leading. What I'm calling today is Believing Big in 2023. And there's a reality that I love about this time of year is because our calendars, our calendars affirm a theological truth about God. And the truth is this. When Jesus comes, new beginnings are possible. When Jesus comes into the world, that's what we celebrate at Christmas, the coming of Jesus into the world. And that truth, that reality, always brings with it another reality, another truth, that new beginnings are possible. Christ came to make all things possible new. And so in many ways, our calendars reflect that. Jesus arrives, and now we have this new year. We have a year to reflect on, a year to look forward to and lean into. And so <clears throat> there may be this part of the message is just for you right now, and this, you may not hear anything I say after this, and that's okay. Because this is important to understand that because when Jesus comes into your life, Whatever situation you're facing right now, whatever struggle you're in the middle of, whatever burden you've been carrying, whatever guilt you've been racked with, whatever it is, you need to know that the arrival of Jesus into the world, or more specifically, the arrival of Jesus into your world, provides the possibility for new. For new and for renewal to come, come to you. And so, that's what I want us to talk about especially as a church collectively what's the new things that's possible and how do we approach a new year on a mission and both how do we do that individually and how do we do that that collectively if you've been a part of this church or you've been joining us online you probably are aware i hope you are that in the beginning of 2022 We launched into a five-year vision that we believe God has laid on our hearts. The quick story is that as we emerged from the lockdown, the pandemic, and there was all kinds of challenges with that. But one of the things that I'm going to continue to suggest is one of the blessings of it was that the leadership of this church was forced to meet on a weekly basis because if you remember all the craziness of that time, we were trying to figure out what was church going to look like in five days from now. I mean, it was always kind of by week by week. And during that time, we developed a habit as a leadership team of praying together on a weekly basis, being in dialogue, talking, and out of that, a vision emerged as we began to hear themes of what God was telling us and began to just um, zero in on some of the different things that that it seemed like God was doing. We were very wide open, as most people were, because so many of the familiar things had been sort of stripped away. And out of that, we had a sense that God was leading us into five specific areas over five years. And so we just simply refer to this in shorthand as uh, Vision 5. And we've already just completed, so what we're now doing is completing year one of this vision. And just to make sure we're all on the same page, remember, here are the five aspects of that vision. The very first one is that we're praying for a harvest of baptism, we're praying that God would do a harvest work again, like we see in the New Testament like we see in the Scriptures that we read and believe. And by the way, I hope if you spend 15 seconds with us, you figure out that we are deeply committed to Scripture. We believe that God's Word has a power for His people and for for the world. And so you're going to see us go back to Scripture again and again and again. And so what we're doing is we're emulating one of the experiences of The early church, the first followers of Jesus, and there was this experience and this explosion of people saying, Jesus is Lord. And so we're praying for that again, and we've been praying for it. And there are several of you that are sitting here today, or you're online with us today, and you are the result of some of those prayers because it was 2022 that you made the decision to make Jesus Lord of your life and put Him on in baptism. Incredibly exciting. We're going to keep praying for that. Everyone lead one is our shorthand way of saying, everybody's got a part to play. If you are a follower of Jesus, then the expectation, the what God is equipping you to do is to then lead someone else into a relationship with Jesus. Now, Many of us, I know that scares us when we talk like that, because somehow we think it's going to make us weird, that we're going to have to do some weird, really uncomfortable stuff. And what this is, is being open to God using you in conversation and in relationships, in your workplace, in your school, in the places where you shop. It says, God, I want to make myself available and... Not because I'm going to try to save the whole world. That's not your job. But God, if there's somebody that you've got in my orbit, that you've got in my sphere of influence, I want to be available and aware that you could use me to lead someone else. And <clears throat> you've probably have heard me say this before. When you experience that, God using you in that way to lead somebody else across the, the finish line of faith, it's addicting. It's addicting. It is incredible to see what God can do through you and your own faith begins to undergo great transformation. Third thing is this. We want to be a diverse church. Um, <clears throat> we want to go against the cultural norm that says everybody should be at odds with everybody. Everybody should be off into their own victim groups. Everybody should be off in their own opposition in their and you can only be with people that vote like you, think like you, dress like you, look like you, talk like you, and order the same Starbucks that you order, okay? Or root for your own sports team, okay? That, we, that we're going to be a diverse church because the kingdom of God is diverse. And as you go th- all through the New Testament, and we're going to talk a little bit about this today, as you go through all the New Testament... <clears throat> The expectation that the greatest witness of the gospel that was present in the very first century when it first burst onto the scene was that it was bringing down division walls. There was bringing down class systems that had been in place <clears throat> and groups that could not stand each other began to worship together. Groups that should have been enemies to one another began to serve each other groups that had previously competed against each other became submissive and looked out for the betterment of the other than themselves incredible stuff we want to see that that happen again this is one of the reasons we're so engaged in our relationship with the avenue g church christ and reason we did worship without walls Um, this past November again and we're already in conversation with them looking for the next opportunities for us to come together and celebrate together because we send a message to the world the gospel's bigger than anything that can keep us apart number four is this we want to serve the extra mile we want to go the extra mile and again that's just our we think it's clever I don't probably isn't but we think it's clever way just to remind us that that Jesus calls every person to go the extra mile. So we physically drew a two-mile circle around our campus and said, God, what would you have us do in this area? What, what, what new opportunities would you bring us to or call us to? And so the, over the past year, we've been ramping up our relationship with the Impact Church and serving them in different ways, with the Avenue G Church and serving and working alongside them in different ways with different community groups. <coughs> You may recall this past beginning of the school year, we did a big push that said we want to serve, we want to help all the teachers serve that are part of this church, serve in their extra mile around their um, classrooms. And so, <coughs> <excuse me. coughs> and so what we did was we gave uh, each teacher here a gift card of $100 to, to use inside of their classroom and to bless their students. Then at Christmas time, we just completed this. We did Christmas Blessing, where we served everybody that serves in the lunch program at TISD. And we held their Christmas party for them. And so many of you came out and served food, and you made blankets, and you created tumblers as giveaway gifts, and you just really poured out the love of Jesus. We want to serve the extra mile, and we're going to continue to find ways to go both two miles around our campus, and then challenge each of you that are part of this church to go your extra mile wherever you find yourself. And we believe that's going to glorify God. And then number five is our big, audacious, hairy goal of we want to be involved in planting a church somewhere in North America. And we've already launched a team to help us study and research and figure out how to do this because this is a goal that we we didn't put up goals that we said yep we think we can make all these so let's make these our goals this is a goal that's beyond our current knowledge but you're gonna hear us talk about today why we think this one needs to be on the list is because God's calling us out of our comfort zone so we've already got a group of. Western Hills folks that are studying and praying and learning how this can be done and dreaming big, um, big on it, that somehow we're going to partner with or participate in and be a part of some church plant, that there would be a church that does not exist right now somewhere, and the name of Jesus would continue to be lifted up. So there's our Vision 5. And one year down, four to go, and we're serious about it. And so what I wanted to talk about today is I wanted to ask you a question that says that... Now, you can apply this question to your personal life, and you can also apply it to our vision as we go through church, but I think this is going to be a posture, and it's going to be a pastoral word from me to you based on... I'm going to let you know what I'm praying about for you in 2023. But I'm going to begin with this question. Here's the question. Do you believe too small? As you look at a new year, <clears throat> do you believe that this could be the year that radically exciting things happen in your life or somehow has the weight of life and the tiredness and the burden and everything just kind of beat you down now to where <clears throat> your whole vision is, I just need to survive. I, I just need to make it through somehow. I just, I just need to... To get one more lap in. That's my goal. Because how you answer this question will have an impact on what your 2023 is like. And so I want to show you a passage of scripture today that's very encouraging to me. And I hope it's going to be encouraging to you. And it's found in the book, the letter of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles or if you want to go onto our app and open up there, I'm going to encourage you to be there because we're going to park out there for the rest of our time together. And what I would tell you is this, that Ephesians is a letter that Paul, maybe you've heard of him, Paul the Apostle, who went around all the different churches, planted churches um, across the known world uh, at the time ultimately making his way to to Rome. And what he did was he began to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, it's fascinating because he didn't start out that way. He started out opposing Jesus as the one that God had called. Opposing Jesus as the one that God had sent into the world to make everything right. And so he was opposed to the church. And yet... Because he had big faith that when Jesus got a hold of him, it completely flips his life around, and he begins to fall in love with Jesus, and God then uses him in a way that he never expected early on in his life. And so I want you to, with that, hear these words that we're about to read. Because here's one that God got a hold of, and then began to change his life into what we now know is miraculous, but we kind of take it for, for granted. Because we know the end of the story. But if you had been right in the middle of the story, you wouldn't have expected this outcome. And not only is he going around and um, preaching in the name of Jesus, but he's also suffering in that name. Because the preaching <clears throat> is causing problems for the people, and so they have him arrested. And so, while in jail, he writes letters to these churches that he's encouraged, and he's helped start, and these words that we're going to read, they come from jail. And he's given them a prayer. Now, Paul was a pastor. And as a pastor, I'm interested to in know how he took care of his churches. And what did he pray about when he prayed for his churches? And what we're about to read is a prayer that Paul prays for the church in the city of Ephesus. You can look all through his prayers. And I want to pray like Paul for you. Here's what Paul doesn't pray for. He never ever prays, God, make it easy for them, please. He never prays for their comfort zone. In fact, he prays the opposite. And so I want to be a pastor that prays like Paul, and so I want to share with you his prayer and to show you three things based on his prayer that I'm praying for you, I'm praying for myself, I'm praying for my family, and I pray that this encourages you. And then at the end of this, we're going to have an opportunity to pray together. So if you will, Ephesians chapter 3. Here's Paul, and he, he spent chapters 1 and 2 talking about this new reality of what it means to be in Jesus and the supremacy of what Christ is doing and how he's rewriting the world. And so he comes to this. So here's the words of Paul, and here's the prayer. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches... Be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work with us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Now, part of that probably sounds very, very familiar to you, especially that last part. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, which I really hope is the TCU's official theme verse right now. (laughs) If it's not, it needs to be. But the whole thing is a prayer. And Paul prays from some very specific things, and so I'm going to steal from Paul... His prayers. And this is what I'm praying for you in 2023. The first thing I'm going to pray is I pray that God will strengthen you with power through His Spirit. I pray that God will strengthen you with power through His Spirit. And this comes um, from right there in, in 15. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. <clears throat> Paul is writing that as followers of Jesus, you have access to supernatural power and strength. So, whatever it is that you're facing, and you were facing it in 2022, and now you, it's just rolling right over into 2023, whatever the challenge is, whatever the obstacle is, Whatever the burden is, whatever the struggle is, whatever the brokenness is that's led to your decisions or other people's decisions that you you are facing, I'm praying that God would give you strength right in the middle of that. See, again, Paul never prays for life to get easy for the follower of Jesus. He always prays, for strength. I heard it put this one way and I think this may be a uniquely American struggle but the way it was phrased by a missionary one time was that when America prays we pray for the burden to remove from our backs. When the rest of the world prays they pray for stronger backs. That's what Paul's praying here. That you may be strengthened not just not just some kind of Lip service, it says, Come on, buck up, buckaroo. He's saying that there is a spirit of God that is at work in you to let you know how much and how richly Christ can indwell in your life. You are not alone. You are not supposed to face this world simply by your own means, your own power, your own skill set, your own talents, and your own resources. The Spirit of God is at work, and I want you to hear that. So you may come today, and you're like, I don't care anything about Vision 5. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get through. I'm just trying to see that, that I get to the end of the day with somewhat of my dignity still intact. You've got a God that knows you intimately, and He is there with power and strength and resources that he wants to unleash in your life. That's what I'm praying for you. You may not even be in a position where you can pray that prayer for yourself right now, but just know that it's being prayed for you and that others are gathering around, not just myself, but others are coming around praying that you would experience that kind of work of the Spirit in your life. Second thing, I pray that God gives you a vision of how much Jesus loves you. Do you see what he says? Tim with me in somewhere around 18. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. And then he goes into this very poetic language, but I want you to just, Just rest in it for a moment. To grasp so that you'll have an understanding of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, this love of Christ that's so wide, so long, so high, so deep, that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I've shared before my junior um the junior year of my college that me and a buddy loaded up a ford escort and we our goal was to drive from abilene texas to the grand canyon and i had never seen the grand canyon outside of pictures before and again when we arrived i thought there would be a rail i thought there would be a fence but we pull up and I was used to driving in places like Colorado where you see mountains miles away. You know, you, you start seeing the mountains from about Lubbock, you know. And, but when you go to the Grand Canyon, because it's a hole in the ground, you don't get to see it for miles around. And so we literally were right up on it, got out of the car, and walked to the edge of this little parking area, this overlook area, and there it was in front And I always think about that moment because it has that how wide, how deep, how far, how unbelievable was it. And the thought, if you've ever seen it and you stood there, you thought, what could fill this up? And what Paul's doing here, he's using a language that says, the love that Jesus has for you would not only fill it up, it would overflow So I'm praying that this year that in a very tangible way, you sense, you feel, you experience how much Jesus loves you. Because I'm guessing most of us don't have a clue. We are so used to judging ourselves by some other system that we've picked up along our lives that says, I've got to measure up to equal up. I've got to lift myself up to be worth anything. And you've got a Jesus that says, I am willing to lay down my life for you. And so wherever you don't find acceptance in your world, wherever you don't find encouragement, wherever you don't find truth being spoken to you, Jesus will. That's who he is. And he's the one that tells us what God's like. So when Jesus loves you that much. That's how much God loves you. I'm praying that God gives you a vision of how wide, how deep, how high... How immense is Jesus' love for you? And the third one is this. I'm praying that you will pray big, bold prayers this year. That you will begin to ask your Heavenly Father that gives good gifts for some big, spiritual, faithful requests. This year. If you look the way he finishes up the prayer, now to him who is able to do, immeasurably e more than all we ask or even imagine, according to his power that is worked within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. More then you can ask or imagine, how would you have liked your parents to tell you that at Christmas time? We're going to provide for you more than you can. Sure, give me your list. But we're going to go well beyond your list. Sure, give me your request. But you can't even imagine the things that I have for you. I'm pretty impressed because I can imagine a whole lot, can't you? I I, I can dream pretty big, but God looks back and says, not even a start. See, what we have to remember is this is the same God that comes alongside a man named Abram. And Abram and Sarah were, let's just say they were beyond childbearing years. And he tells them, you're going to have a son. And it's so strange to them that Sarah laughs at God. And later, God changes Abram's name to Abraham. And gives him Isaac. And then through that line, not just a son, but a multitude of people and nations come beyond anything. uh, Abraham could have possibly asked or even begun to imagine. God asked him, look up at the stars, that's what I'm going to do through you. Look out at the beach, look at the sand, that's what I'm going to do through you. This is the same God that later invites a young shepherd boy named David to walk into the middle of a valley and there is a mighty champion on the other side that is trained in war. And without armor, without a, a sword of his own, David goes down and defeats Goliath and becomes the king of Israel. That wasn't on his radar. This is the same God that shows up to a fisherman and tells him to cast his nets on the other side. And suddenly he begins to pull in so many that the boat begins to sink. And then Jesus says, now when you follow me, we're going to do the same thing. But it's with people this time. And they were just ordinary, average Jewish boys that had already been passed over by everybody else that would have had some kind of career path for them. And he says, but you can do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. And Peter... The one that seemed to keep sticking his foot in his mouth is the one that takes a step of faith and follows God, follows Jesus, and becomes one of the early leaders in the church and preaches the first gospel-message-centered sermon. And 3,000 on that day come to him. There's no way a fishing boy ever thought that would be his story but God. And for most of us, I think what we've done is we've lost sight of what God is, who he is, what he wants to do and his ability to do it. And so if you're like me, I find myself way too often playing it safe in my prayers, playing it safe with my expectation, playing it safe and praying way too small of things. you a picture this animal right here is the african impala and you can see these at most any zoo it's a small deer-like animal what you need to know about this is the impala can jump over 30 feet that's pretty impressive just spring i mean just like wired springs they can just spring 30 feet but every time you go see an impala in the zoo It's in an enclosure that has about a three-foot-high wall. Now, how do you keep an Impala in a three-foot-high wall when it can jump over 30 feet? Now, personally, I'm rooting for the Impala. I wish it would jump out because that would be fun. What they learned a long time ago about Impala is it will not jump to any place where it cannot see the landing. And all it takes is a three-foot-high wall to block its view. And so a creature that is capable of extraordinary things and leaping great distances will not take a leap of faith because it can't see the landing. Now, do I need to apply this for you? So often, as followers of Jesus, we've been blinded by a three-foot-high wall And we don't know what's on the other side of it because on the other side of it is outside of our comfort zone. On the other side of it is some kind of risk. On the other side of it is some kind of where we're going to have to submit and do something that may not be comfortable or easy. And God's going, if you will just leap, I'll take care of the landing. So I'm praying that you're praying for big, bold things this year. It's going to take us praying for big, bold things if Vision 5 is going to become a reality and we believe God wants it to be. It's going to take big, bold prayers for you to participate in Vision 5 and we believe it's reality. And again, you may need to pray some big, bold prayers that have nothing to do with anything inside this church. You may have to pray some big, bold prayers for your family. You may have to pray some big, bold prayers for some loved ones that do not yet know Jesus. You may need to pray some big, bold prayers for where you are in some of your relationships. But I'm praying that that's what you'll pray. So, we're going to have a time of prayer right now. I'm going to invite Craig. Craig uh, pray through one of our shepherds to come up, and he's going to join me. And what we're going to do is I'm going to start the prayer and then I'm going to let you in a moment of silence continue the prayer. And then Craig is one of our shepherds is going to pray a blessing on you and Vision 5 and all that God is doing is doing here. And we'll let this be the way that we close out our time of our of our message. But I'm going to give you a prayer focus before we launch in. Here's some prayer points. I'm not saying you have to do all three of these, but I am encouraging you to choose one of these and in the silent moment of the prayer to make this your prayer. One, I pray that God strengthens your faith in 2023. <clears throat> that may be where you are right now, where what you need to do is, pray, God, I've got a little faith, give me big faith. Maybe you're just still brand new coming into who Jesus is and building that relationship. You make that your prayer. You have some time with God today where you talk that conversation through. Number two, I want us to pray for an incredible harvest of people who are falling in love with Jesus. This is our harvest of baptisms. We believe that God's going to do this through prayer. And so be praying for that. Maybe there's somebody on your heart specifically that you're praying that they would fall in love with Jesus. So encourage you to pray about that one. Last one. For God to use you in miraculously ways to serve and to lead um, people to Jesus this year. This is that big, bold prayer at the end. He measured be me more than all we could ask or imagine. That God would use you in that process. And there may be some situation at work. There may be a neighbor across the street. There may be one of your classmates. One of your teammates. <clears throat> there may be a family member whatever this is that god you would increase my awareness to that person and my awareness to your ability to do the miraculous and god there's any role that i can play in that do that i'm encouraged to choose one of those and pray that prayer and then craig will finish for us if you would bow your head please Father, to the one that can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, would you hear our prayers now, Father? And would you increase our faith in you?